0: We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. I'm Brenda Barker, the TIPQC Executive Director, and we have two very special guests with us today the Tennessee Commissioner of Health, Dr. Ralph Alvarado, as well as the Deputy Commissioner of Health, Dr. Toby Anderson. Dr. Alvarado joined Governor Bill Lee's cabinet just in January as the 15th commissioner of the Tennessee Department of Health. He has spent nearly a decade in public service and was the first Hispanic member elected to the Kentucky General Assembly in 2014. Dr. Alvarado has been a practicing physician for the past 28 years, working in various clinical and hospital settings. Dr. Toby Amison is the newly promoted deputy, deputy Commissioner of Population Health, congratulations, at the Tennessee Department of Health. In this position, Dr. Amison daily advocates and directs activities to protect, promote, and improve the health of all Tennesseans. Dr. Amison is no stranger to TIPQC as a board member and as a practicing pediatrician. Welcome to you both today. And Dr. Emerson is going to moderate our conversation, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Amerson.
1: Thank you, Brenda. So great to be with you today and with Dr. Alvarado. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. And um, Dr. Alvarado, can you please tell us um, you just start, began as commissioner commissioner in January. How's it going?
2: Um, it's, it's going pretty well. It's been busy. Um, you know, when we kind of first started, um, I've got a head full of ideas and concepts and things. And um, I think I came to the governor's team and uh, the governor said, yeah, I want you to be bold and innovative. We're not going to be divisive. And uh, when I had a chance to, to speak to some of his team, he, they said, hey, listen, the agenda and the, the budget are set. Uh, we want you to get to know your folks. And so I took that to heart. And uh, we've been traveling the state, really. Um, I think on Friday will be the the last four counties uh, that I haven't visited yet in the uh, state of Tennessee. So we'll have visited all 95 counties, all health departments in all those counties. um, Really gathering a lot of feedback from uh, from staff, uh, thanking them for all the work they've done coming through a pandemic and for the work that they continue to do. But really getting, uh, getting, I wanna get feedback from everybody in the department about what we should be doing uh, moving forward. I remind everybody that we are the experts on public health uh, that a lot of times uh, we feel like people are doing things to us uh, instead of us setting the agenda and moving forward. So if we don't make it clear of what we think it should be, others will make those decisions for us. And so I've been really going around and, and uh, trying to talk to a lot of folks, make sure we empower our employees, let them know uh, that at least we have a team that's listening up in Nashville. We want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what we should be focusing on moving forward. Everything is bound by political and fiscal realities, but um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good ideas out there, a lot of good work being done that we can often share uh, amongst uh, different departments. So just really for me, it's been uh, traveling the state. I've probably spent uh, as much time in, in hotel rooms as I have in my own place. So I'm kind of looking forward to a little bit of a break, to at least be able to sleep in my bed for a few weeks. So that's I'm looking forward to that.
1: Um, yeah, very exciting. I've gotten to accompany you on a couple of those trips. Um, we've been very well fed. So thank you so much to all the local health department folks. Food's been great <laughs> everywhere. Um, and, you, and you realize what a big state Tennessee is. We have a lot of counties here. So um, all 95 counties, it's really impressive that you've been able to do that in such a short period of time. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your background. Um, what is your interest in public health? Um, I know some. we've talked a little bit about the immigrant background, hardworking families. I'd like to hear a little bit more. I think our guests would like to hear a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, and, and I, unless you're unless you're the kid of immigrants, you don't understand, right? So Dr. Emerson, you understand, um, and, and we kind of know, uh, you, you grow up watching your parents uh, struggle, work hard, uh, kind of adapt to a new culture sometimes, new language. Um, uh, people that have come from other countries that uh, embrace this country and the freedoms that it provides and the opportunities that it provides. Uh, and then the insistence from parents typically of Uh, knowing what they've left, knowing that the opportunities are limited, they make sure that their kids take advantage of every opportunity. And while you're going through it, uh, I think sometimes it's tough because there's a lot of demands and expectations. Um, They they really don't want to give you an opportunity to have a break. So you just learn that natural work ethic that just becomes part of what you are and what you do. Um, We always feel like we can take on sometimes more than we're able, I think. And that's always a tough part of it. But Um, it becomes part of who you are. And so I think really my folks uh, were always that way. My dad, you know, always worked very hard and very proud of being American and uh, instilled that pride for us as kids. And, um, you know, uh, I took an interest when I was young. I think I wanted to be originally a veterinarian when I was probably an early teenager. I had a very, uh, oh, what's the word? not, not a pleasant pediatrician, Dr. Gerald I. Freeman, who was very, uh, kind of uh, crabby, I guess is the best word, cantankerous. And when I told him what I wanted to do, he said, what a waste of time. He said all that effort, all that study to take, why don't you, if you're that just become a doctor and take care of people, they're animals too. And I remember thinking about that. And, um, I took biology courses and, you know, and anatomy and physiology and stuff in college. And, and I thought about it and said, yeah, you know, I think I probably would find a lot of interest in doing that. And, um, but he kind of influenced that. And, you know, I went to med school. And, um, you know, once we got into uh, residency at the University of Kentucky, uh, did internal medicine and pediatrics, I really enjoyed uh, kids in clinic, uh, I enjoyed adult hospital work. And so I kind of that was the only place I could find where I could combine both of those efforts and do the both of those tasks and, uh, and enjoyed it uh, when I was done with residency really felt when, when I came out, I was ready to take on anything and everything that I faced in an ICU setting and an acute setting uh, outpatient setting and, um, uh, realized how much of an impact a government had on healthcare, um, got involved with my medical association, which I've always been part of organized medicine. And, um, they asked us to contact our legislators on a particular bill. And I did, and he didn't vote at all. And that kind of started the whole cascade down it Was a long story and I won't bore everybody on the podcast for that, but eventually ran for office. And once we got into office had an opportunity to really uh, advance a lot of legislation and things that mattered to for the practice of medicine and and for taking care of patients in the state. Amongst those was uh, a kind of a public health transformation bill that we worked on with a lot of our uh, uh, health departments in Kentucky. And I wound up, um, that bill got accomplished before the pandemic, which was great. It was almost crucial because it really set things up. It was almost just fortunate happenstance that it happened prior to that. But uh, you know, got a lot of, uh, an event education, on what our health departments do there, uh, and, and involved with a lot of that it, again, uh, ran for a statewide office, met governor Lee during that run, uh, up in Kentucky, and we lost that statewide race, but kept in touch with governor Lee at different events. And, um, when the opportunity came for this, he reached out and said, Hey, I'd like you to consider doing this and, uh, prayed about it, thought about it. Uh, talked to some mentors that I knew that had worked in this space before uh and and again the, the line that i use it's true and he he asked me which is a very poignant question because i haven't asked myself of it is do you want to be more of a doctor or more of a politician and i said well i'm both uh, i thought i did a pretty good job of balancing both and he said well you have to pick one or the other and, and the political stuff is for a short while you're a doctor for life this is what we do we sign up for it's in my core i still practice clinical medicine i can't let go of that it's just is part of who we are and um they allowed me to do some of that and um that's kind of how I got you know, really into this role was in that. But a lot of my background from a legislative angle was doing a lot of work on in public health space and, and appreciating how much of an impact that has on overall outcomes for a state and for your own patients really is if the more, if, if the government can be, do their part and you can do your part as a doctor combined, you can really get good outcomes for people and people can live longer and more productive lives. And that's really exciting
1: for me to hear i think you've brought a really unique perspective of being both on the legislative side as well as now being on the executive branch side um, into the department of health and we really appreciate that if you could tell us a little bit more about the work um you're looking to do particularly in the perinatal maternal infant space because that's what tip qc is about
2: sure uh, well i think um Part of it too, you've we, come out of the pandemic, so we want to get back to, I, I tell people back to our roots of what we do within uh, public health. And so this is a lot of what we do in public health is family wellness and prevention and a lot of those efforts and work. So I think we go back to some of those things. There's the governor's, you know, I really um, put a pretty aggressive agenda on uh, moms and on infants and, and kind of. Trying to reduce mortality and improve outcomes uh, in our state so i think we're going to go back to uh, really a lot of those kinds of efforts is to put more focus on that i mean a lot of it tobacco prevention i think everybody can agree we need to get to that our state doesn't do well in that regard it affects so much what we do downstream and um you know there's less and less combustible a lot more vaping being used obviously we know that it's a whole generation that's been hooked on that now and so efforts in trying to reduce that funding for that is a, a still a, an issue for our state. We don't have nearly the funding probably that we should have. There's been some question about the effectiveness of some of our programs. So we're, I think we're looking at some new programs, obviously to use for tobacco prevention. So a, a lot of work, um, in, in that, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the governor's also, we've created a, a pilot project also for doulas in terms of trying new ways of deliveries and, and, um, finding ways that people feel comfortable and having that we wanna again, reduce mortality, try to encourage more uh, vaginal deliveries and get away from you know C-sections if you don't have to go that route. Um, we're also looking at a lot of breastfeeding initiatives is trying to make sure, uh, again, when we had, it's one of the good things, silver linings and having a shortage on formulas is that more folks are turning towards breastfeeding. And so trying to get more people to breastfeed and uh, to appreciate the benefits of that, know how much better children will do with that and for prevention of diseases. Um, so a lot of a lot of work in, I think, in that space and continued work in that space. We're proud of our CHANT program, which is something that is unique to our state. And when I first heard about it, I thought that's brilliant. That's what we should be doing. Uh, and I think other states have inquired about what we do and how we do it. I think as the data starts to now come out, we're going to start seeing some data from that work. Uh, I think it'll prove that it's been very beneficial in other um other states are going to look to us to try to lead the way on some of those things. So I think a lot of those programs are just very excited um, in in our continued work. And again, data always lags. We're looking at 19 to 21 data right now that didn't look great. I think as we start to see some of that move forward, we're going to start looking back and realizing we've made a big impact on the lives of children and, and moms. So we're looking forward to some of those numbers.
1: And I know what you said at the very beginning about just getting back to those core public health roles that we have is so important. Trying to just get moms and babies back into the office, get them vaccinated, getting them into their routine pattern of uh, medical care is really important. So I appreciate you mentioning that at the top of um, your comments. So can you give us a few highlights? We just ended a very busy legislative session, one of the busiest we've seen in a long time. Um, Can you give us some of your highlights of your legislative agenda that impact moms and babies?
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to be, again, uh, one of the things, at least moving forward, I'm, I'm looking at kind of what's happening forward. We've been work, doing a lot of work on dental space. We know there's a lot of importance on that, particularly for children in terms of making sure that we have uh, you know good dental care. Uh, we're a uh, major investment, $94 million uh, over a five-year span, $16 million this past year. We're going to continue to advocate for that. Every health department I go to, um, they all comment that the biggest need they probably have is dental and just trying to recruit dentists into the area and and provide that in a, in a rural setting is often uh, a difficult thing to do. Um, You know, we're, uh, some of the things we're going looking forward, we're starting to see some things creep up that things we haven't seen in a while, uh, things like syphilis, which obviously we know is uh, increasing in its numbers, congenital syphilis on the rise. Uh, We're going to be trying to advocate for uh, some changes perhaps on that. And and make sure that we have enough treatment uh, for pa- patients when they get discovered. Right now, the requirement's only at the beginning of pregnancy. We're gonna be uh, looking to see if we can uh, kind of encourage, educate uh, providers, and even perhaps require things moving forward to um, start testing more often during pregnancy to make sure we can catch people as early as possible, save as many babies as possible, and uh, really treat a lot of moms and prevent a lot of downstream problems from from that. Um, we're uh, Again, we're gonna be looking at um, again, trying to continue a lot of our work when it comes to uh, uh, kind of maternal health care and making sure we provide a lot of resources there. Uh, tobacco funding is still a big uh, deal that I'm going to, you know, we've got a new jewel settlement that came through that was about $13 million. We're advocating for as much of that to come to the Department of Health as possible so we can continue to uh, to treat a lot of folks and, you know, that, another big thing we're looking at and, and again, moving forward is going to be our immunization rates. If you notice on our Twitter feed or anything you're recent, we're advertising a lot more for that, trying to encourage uh, more immunizations to improve um, a lot of those things going forward. Some of the things I'm looking at also, I mean, there's other uh, ideas of trying to monetize health outca- care outcomes, trying to encourage, uh, you know, a lot of our local health councils just, they have a lot of ideas and concepts they have to advance health for folks in the communities, is try to put a monetary value on that and consider some kind of a reward system. Again, it's still in a, a kind of a development phase in my mind of how we want to uh, create that and kind of make it more mature. Uh, but maybe propose that for the future to consider um, some of those things for folks. Um, Those are some of the concepts I think I've got out there that we're, uh, we're we're trying to get done. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, um, like I said, a lot of good work we did this past year, really. And I I think people are familiar with it of how much more funding has gone into really taking care of infants and moms and, um, and that sort of thing. So uh, those are, those are all very positive and we're going to continue to advocate. Let's know that you've got an ally here within the department of health of things that we want to do that, um, we're trying to um uh, to make sure that we give you know everybody the, the best possibility to make this the best place for you to be able to raise your kids, really, is what we want to make it happen and, and make mm-hmm. it a great place for families.
1: Absolutely. So um one question I have for you is what support could our listeners offer um as they are looking into areas around maternal health, infant health, what are ways that they can advocate for these initiatives?
2: Um yeah, so Really, it's it's your voice is the biggest thing we could have. Uh, I mean, I think there, there's more voices and in, in legislators and uh, your, your leaders local and at state federal level hear more from us. Uh, I think they realize how important that is. I've had a chance to meet several of the legislators in Tennessee, and, and they're all very, um, you know, when they hear of an idea or a concept or a, a problem, uh, they'll often come to me afterwards and say, what do you think? And they and they want to get some, uh, some concepts and talk some of these things through. So, you know, a lot of legislators, they, they want to fix things for their constituency. And so I think it's always important for us to get to know our legislators. If you don't know them, reach out to them, invite them to coffee, tell them who you are, what things matter to you uh, and why those things are important. Thank them for the work that they've done on things so far. I mean, I think a lot of legislators like to hear recognition because they're honestly trying to do things that are improving their communities. And so um, if, they, if there's a problem and they feel like they're fighting for someone in their community, they feel like they've accomplished something and they want to get recognized and get credit for that. So always important to get to know your legislators, um, get to know, like I said, just build, build a relationship is what's important. Um, you know, it, it, there's been people that are on opposite side of a political fence from me. Uh, I always had conversations with anybody who wanted to have one. And so when they would come in and have discussions, then when there were moments to uh, adjust legislation or change something, um, I knew who they were. And uh, there was an opportunity for a lot of back and forth, and it made made sometimes bills stronger uh, and initiatives uh, got advanced that sometimes you wouldn't think you might have because you might think they may not think the same way I do, but in fact, they do. The other thing is to be involved with a lot of your health councils. We're trying and I'm trying to see if we can empower our health councils more uh, and a lot of good ideas, a lot of volunteers coming up with concepts. We want to put some muscle behind some of that moving forward. And so if you're not involved with local health councils to be engaged there and to be engaged with our, our task forces also, we're often, uh, you know, we form these and task forces usually produce recommendations within state government that then when there's a problem that arises, uh, legislators will go back and look at those recommendations, and say, what did we already looked at this? What were the recommendations? And they're often followed or portions of it were followed. So if you're involved and you're a voice at that table and you're involved with our maternal health task force. Uh, we're about to conclude our rural test, uh, health task force today. Anything along those lines would be worthwhile. Please be engaged in those and um, make your voice known, give ideas, concepts. That's where we are able to formulate that and, and start pushing a lot of those agendas.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the things we underestimate, and I think one of the things I didn't I took for granted before coming into this role was how much the individual citizen's voice can really turn tides in state government sometimes all it takes is for one person to propose something and all of a sudden you see a bill on, in front of your desk so um yeah i was 100 want to reiterate that um, get in t- contact with your legislators um, get use the services that we have at the state if you don't know send an email and we can tell you all the things that are available because there's so many services that we do offer to families
2: Uh, and I'll tell you some of the most powerful things in a legislative committee or it is a story to tell. So I, I had, for example, I mean, there's uh, I think plenty of examples where, a, con- you know, someone went to their congressman and their congressman said, that's a state law issue. Go talk to Alvarado. I know he'll listen to you and we'll sit down and they tell me a story that tugs at your heartstrings. And you go, boy, that's that's a problem. We have to fix that. And then here comes uh, an effort and a proposal is placed and suddenly everybody hears that story and they say, Yes, we need to fix that. Those stories are powerful, more than people realize. Um, And I think a lot of times right now, there's a lot of distrust in government from a lot of folks. They think that no one's listening, no one's paying attention. Um, I think, again, people are. Uh, Not everybody, but a lot of people are. And if enough people hear it and hear the story, uh, big things get accomplished. It may take some time. Government is not fast, but it may take some time, but it gets there. And it's just a matter of being persistent and And making your voice heard and being involved. If you're not involved, and your voice won't be heard.
1: Absolutely. So, as we're wrapping it up, do you have any final thoughts for our audience? Um, Anything that you like to say, or just things you want to encourage people about?
2: Just uh, thank you uh, for your engagement. For those of you who are listening to this, you're you're probably involved already at this point. Thank you for your commitment. uh, Really, for children and for moms, and uh, you know, really, it's uh, it's groups like yours that are the ones that are making a difference. And we, you know, we, I want to just thank you for that involvement. If you have ideas, please channel them up uh, to folks. And, and we're always looking for good ideas and good concepts to, to propose. And, and again, not everything gets a yes, uh, but uh, I do listen to them all and I, we do consider them all. And sometimes you get an idea of what people are thinking about and it can, maybe you can formulate something different that might get accomplished in that space. So uh, just thank you all for the work that you do. Please keep it up. Uh, and I look forward to meeting a lot of you here in the, in the, the months and years to come.
1: All right, thank you again, Dr. Alvarado, for your time today and for your dedication and work.
0: I wanna thank you both for joining us and for all the amazing work that you are doing across our state. Uh, very impressive to hear uh, visiting all of our counties. And we just thank you so much for your uh, dedication to Tennesseans, uh, particularly, again, as our work focuses on moms and babies. It is very impactful. and. Um, looking forward to more folks